picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm picking up Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com, along with me, Scott Reynolds, also from PewterReport.com. And today, Scott, we got actual Bucks news to talk about. Not, not big news, but we've got news to talk about. Uh, we've got live pressers uh, that we were on today with Jason Light and Bruce Arians. Got comments from those that we are looking forward to unpacking for the listeners on today's podcast. Yeah, it was uh, super exciting to to hear some news. Uh, you know, this has been an incredibly long off season, John. It's been what uh, t- ten days or so, two weeks now, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> just, just an, you know, just an incredible uh, amount of time has passed <laughs> since the Bucks last played. Um, Usually we're we're almost two full months, John, into into not hearing from from Bruce and Jason. So this was, uh, in, in case you're wondering, why were they talking now? Well, because usually the NFL scouting combine is taking place right now. Usually John and I are mm-hmm. freezing our butts off um, up in the snow in Indianapolis. But uh, there's no combine this year. You're going to see a lot of the the emphasis being placed on on teams uh, going to pro day workouts. And I'm not exactly sure how they're going to get all the medicals done, John. Maybe if you have any insight. There was some news out about it, and I can't remember the details right now. I'm sorry. I I know that there were some conversations. I don't know if uh, everything's even been finalized. They're hoping definitely to have some hubs where players go and, like, sending team doctors to places the players are – a lot of players are training. I don't remember if that anything was, like, settled upon at this point. Yeah, and, and really, that's what Bruce Arians told us last year. It's like, you know, you can come out of here and fall in love with somebody running a 4-3 in their underwear, yeah. you know, but that 4-3 doesn't show up on tape. Right. Uh, the player might be a 4-6 player, but the 4-6 player who runs that time at the combine, he's actually the fastest guy in the field right. because of the, of the game speed. So really, when it comes to the combine, the NFL teams are looking for two things, the medical reports and then those in-person interviews. They're not mm-hmm. going to have those this year. You might see Jason uh, Light and Bruce Arians go to some of these pro days perhaps to interview some some players one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, they're going to be down on Zoom like they were last year. We were talking with Bruce and Jason on Zoom. That's why we go to the Combine mm-hmm. to talk to the NFL draft prospects. That won't happen this year. But we did get Bruce and Jason and and. And and th- there was a lot of, of big news. And if you're if you're thinking, wow, Reynolds and, and Ledyard are amped up today. Well, it's not just we, we talked to Bruce and Jason. Right. It's because we've already crushed our Celsius for the day, my friend. Let's go. John, it's it's a sad day in the Reynolds household today. Uh, I just crushed the final orange sickle. Oh, I'm out. I'm wow. out. Now, well, I've got some here for you when you whenever you swing by and need them. So I'll I'll be by on Friday to pick some up. Perfect. Um, here's the cool thing. Um, I, I don't have the orange sickle coming, but I do have a shipment 
coming from Amazon of Celsius of the orange. And that's my favorite flavor. This, this, that's right. This orange stick was probably around number four or five on the list. I like that one. Orange is, is my top favorite. And that's coming because I took advantage of the 30% off subscribe and save. Now, they're not running that special right now. But the great news is if you want to find out how to save money on Celsius, buy them in bulk. Go to the banner ads on pewterreport.com. Click on the Celsius banners. They'll take you to Amazon. And, and there you can buy them in bulk. And you can you can even do the subscribe and save, which is typically about 5% off your order. And you can schedule when you want to have Celsius delivered. My wife, she likes the blueberry pomegranate. We only have a couple of these left. The Celsius. Oh, that's my favorite one. I've got a handful yeah. of these too, yeah. So that's her favorite. So we've got a dual shipment coming. And you can have it shipped right to your house. If you want to pick one up, if you're out and about and you're not sure where to find them, go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, put in your, your address, and then they'll pop up all the different places. I was out in Manhattan, Kansas, visiting my daughter Ellie out of Kansas State this past weekend. And uh, you know she didn't know where to find it. We did that exact same process. Go to yeah. Celsius.com, click on the store locator. We found a whole bunch of convenience stores and grocery stores that, that had them in stock. And went by and bought her some. So do the same, and uh, you can drink Celsius too. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And uh, it's another cool thing. My wife found out she's gluten free, dairy free, or going gluten free, dairy free for a while, uh, making a big difference for her so far. But uh, Celsius is still she can still drink it, and she was very yep. happy. Didn't know that at first. Looked yep. at it and saw that she could. So and uh, if sugar you're, too. you're not going to have any sugar crashes. That's yeah, good. exactly right. So well, again, it's just good stuff. It's it is it's yep. good stuff, and it tastes good too. Those that combination is rare uh, in this world. Um, Man, you know what else is rare, Scott? A GM and a head coach that get it. They get it. They said, like, I loved hearing them what they said today. They were like, the most important thing is keeping the team together. Like, and yep. they get it. Like, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel or anything, and they don't need to. This roster is very good. I think that there are some things that they could potentially do when free agency quiets down. But I don't know if I've ever heard a head coach just come out and say, I'm sure they have. But the way that Bruce Aarons is like, I don't even know if we'll look at anybody on the outside. Like, yep. I. I, that's how much you know if we get our guys back and we right. add in another draft icing on the cake on top of our group now man it seems like they understand this roster you know that's an old position to be able to to do it again maybe some right. slight upgrades in the graph at certain draft at certain spots but they're pretty prepped to, to try and uh turn this thing into a back-to-back -back situation yeah. and john to pick up on your point and that's a great point uh that that bruce and, and jason were talking about in conjunction is the fact that that jason said at pick number 32, and really in any of these rounds, if 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 most or all of the players come back, they really don't have any layering needs. You and I have talked about running back being a need for the future because Ronald Jones is entering his, his the final year of his contract. Yeah. They have Keyshawn Vaughn. He's a, you know, we'll see if he's a spot role player or if he can be a guy that can share the load. Mm -hmm. Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy are both free agents. I don't expect either one to be back. Uh, certainly not McCoy. So they're going to be looking for a running back in the draft. But the great thing is, is and, and Jason said this, is they can pick a luxury pick. You know, the, the, it, He called it that too. He yeah, said they're, that. They're not beholden to drafting any certain position for to fill an immediate need. And, and, uh, and that allows Jason and his front office staff and Bruce and the coaching staff yeah. to literally just pick a hell of a good football player at 32, a right. player that, that might – It'll be just a rotational player and then come in as, as a starter down the road. And that's something that this team has not done I, in, in so long. I can't remember. This is he year said, 25. Yeah, right. He said it was his, his tenure, first time that they've been in that yeah. kind of a situation. And it is pretty rare for teams in general, obviously. 
next year could present, you know, left tackle could be wide open, center could be wide open, you know, even cornerback like Carlton Davis, you know, could be wide open as he goes into contract year, um, you know, tight end. Again, there's there's going to be questions yeah. down the road. You know, the questions come up pretty quick, you know, that you just right. can't keep everybody. It's the nature of the NFL. So it's still a very important draft. I don't think people are going to see it like they did last year. Last year it felt like, and it still feels like, honestly, looking back, if they had nailed that draft, you know, I don't know right. if they get – I don't know what happens, you know, if they had nailed that draft the right. way that they did. And so I think that this year it won't feel the same way, but I think it's a critical draft. I mean, right. these guys in this class, you know, people said this for just to draw a correlation for you, Scott. People looked at the Steelers roster this going into this past season, and they said they're pretty much set across the board, and they didn't yeah. have a first-round pick because they traded it for Minka. So people kind of said, eh, it's not that big of a deal for the draft. Well, they got Chase Claypool, Alex Highsmith. Uh, they got major contributors. They got Kevin Dotson in the fourth round. The, all right. three of those guys are going to be huge, pivotal pieces for the team going into next year. But this year, nobody even knew if they would even play. They did end up playing and contributing well, uh, because of some things. But that's why I say draft with the future in mind. That's, that's a really right. important draft, even if it doesn't and, look like it. Anymore. We, we've got a, a point to make here, too. You know, uh, Capo Luciano says we don't need a guard. Well, you don't need one right now. But well, you will, uh, yeah. but you will. Right. And, and the reason for that is Alex Cap is going to be a free agent, not this year, but but the year after that. And and with with Ryan Jensen currently making ten million dollars, Ali Marpet over ten million dollars, Donovan Smith at fourteen point two five million. You can't afford to, to, you know, to pay a king's ransom for another offensive lineman. So you might have to let Alex Kappa walk. Uh, you might have Aaron Stinney. Uh, compete with him for the starting job, right? So uh, if that's the case, you you draft a, a, an offensive lineman to develop down the road to f- to be that guy once Alex Kappa, you know, hits, hits free agency. The same thing with Ronald Jones. That's why John and I have running backs in our first rounds of, of our mock drafts. John's NFL first-round mock draft, and, and then the draft we collaborated on, the Bucks seven-round mock draft, you don't pay running backs. I, I know there's a lot of Ronald Jones fans out yeah. there. You don't do it. So you draft a guy, you bring him in, and it might be, um, you know, it might be Najee Harris. It might be uh, yeah. John, you know, uh, uh, Travis Etienne. It might be, uh, you know, and Javante Williams, the running back from North Carolina. So you have that guy, and that you draft him for the future to replace the starter who hits free. Right. And, and I right. think that's that's the smart play. A couple of other things real quick. Godwin is leaving Edelman playing slot. Julian Edelman is not a slot receiver at all in the Bruce Arians offense. It's not the same offense as New England. So I want to kind of make that point really clear. Um, Chris Godwin is playing the Larry Fitzgerald role. And Bruce even said it today, John, that Chris Godwin does so much more than, mm-hmm. than, than just catch targets, right? Right. He is a pivotal blocker um, in the slot and on that. You know, a lot of times they'll put him in motion. He's almost like a blocking fullback, John, at times. Right. Or, or like, right. A, like a move tight end. So uh, Julian Edelman is not coming to Tampa, uh, I don't believe. And and he's certainly not playing the slot. No. Right. No, no. This is, a, this is definitely an offense that is tailor-made for bigger slots. We saw that with Larry Fitzgerald, Heinz Ward. Physical guys that block, that get after people. That's that's what he wants. But it's not just the blocking either. Chris Godwin, the flexibility inside, outside, can do a lot of different things. You know, to me, like he is a player that, again, it's not like nobody else in the league can replicate that. They don't have anyone else on the team. I mean, maybe Tyler Johnson becomes that player eventually. But I don't think that 
again, I think that when people say Antonio Brown can do what Chris Godwin does, or we have Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson, if if Chris Godwin leaves an AB, that's enough talent at the receiver position. I get it, but I also understand. I think people don't quite understand that Chris Godwin's role is unique, and what right. he offers is, is, is in his full skill set is unique. And so, because of that, I just think that he's a player they're going to prioritize. You know, you, you may see it a different way as a fan, you know, and, and you may see, oh, well, we you have a lot of good players at this position, and that may be true right now. But I, the role in the offense, the way that they build routes around right. what, what Godwin does, um, you know, I think that that's pretty important uh, to understand when you're talking about the context of keeping him. And it seems like Arians has said it, said it so many times. Yeah. And, and maybe, it, you know, it ends up not happening, you know, long-term with Godwin, things don't work out. But again, I think we all pretty much expect that Chris Godwin will be back with the team for at least 2021. And then yes. we'll just have to see how things go beyond that. Right. We got a, a five franc or five a pound. That's uh, right. Super chat from, from Meister Proper. Greetings from Germany. We appreciate uh, everybody tuning into the Peter Report podcast, which is four o'clock now every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday during the offseason. We'll have some special nighttime uh, you know, podcasts as news breaks as we get into free and see in the draft. Mm-hmm. We'll certainly have those at different times. But in the offseason, our schedule is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, if you miss part of the show or all of it, you can always watch them. They're archived on YouTube. Make sure you go to YouTube. And, uh, and go to our, our Peter Report channel. It's called Peter Report TV. Click on the subscribe button, and that helps us build our following. And then you can also click on notifications. When we go live, you'll get those notifications. So thank you for that. And a couple of, of points here, uh, John, uh, Tyler Johnson can do all of those things that Chris Godwin can, mm-hmm. but he's he's not the blocker. He's not as physical. He hasn't proven himself yet, really. Um, right. He hasn't had that training camp. He hasn't had the offseason. He hasn't had the preseason to really develop. Right. And I right. think that what they got from him this year was just extra. It was just bonus because we yeah. haven't seen what this guy can really do yet. Right. I mean, and I'm not trying to – Tyler Johnson threw his body into the into the fan this year. He did as a yeah. blocker. He he gave good effort, but he's just not that great of a blocker. Honestly, I mean, Chris Godwin probably wasn't his best year as a blocker, but he's just a lot better still as a blocker than Tyler Johnson is. I think Tyler Johnson competes. I think they see him eventually doing some of that. There were certainly moments where Tyler Johnson, you know, did through a good block or did something, especially out on the perimeter where I thought there were good things. But I do think that it was just different with Godwin. I mean, he's just yeah. further along, more developed, and that's not a knock on Tyler Johnson at all. Maybe he, he's got to probably put on some muscle if he wants to be where Godwin's at. And, um, again, you know, I just think that, th- that that role right now in the offense is is really important one uh, for the Bucks and going to Chris Godwin. It is. Kevin5522 uh, asks or says, um, Light has lots of flexibility with the cap. Which players are the ones to restructure, release, or possibly extend to free up more cap? Well, um, you know, we've talked about this before. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. I think, Don, you've mentioned Will Golston, Cam Brait as potential cuts or guys that can certainly take take pay cuts if they stay as, um, as ways to create cap room. Um, there was some news Jason Light talked about possibly extending Tom Brady on the Rich Eisen show, kind of touched on that today, uh, was playing coy about it. But I, I think that that extending Brady an extra year would help mm-hmm. reduce his 2021 cap number, which actually is not just $25 million, John. It's $28.375 million because Brady had $3.75 million worth of right. incentives he earned. And that goes on this year's cap. So he, Brady actually cost more than the team expected. That's good news because he was a Super Bowl MVP. It all worked out. But one thing that Jason Light did make some news about, two things really. First of all, and you can talk about this, John, uh, Tom Brady's knee surgery 
will keep him out of action until June. And then the other thing he talked about was he did say that Donovan Smith and Ryan Jensen will be back in Tampa Bay in 2021. Both of those players had some uh, some possibility of, of, of being released or traded because there's no dead cap money this year, mm-hmm. on the last year of their contracts. With right. Jensen at age 30, Donovan Smith at age 27, both of those players could actually see a year or two added or multiple, mm-hmm. multiple years added to create some some cap room in 2021. But talk about Brady's uh, knee injury. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like Brady's knee injury, you know, may, again, he said he'll probably be on the field sometime in June was when he could return to the field. So probably won't see Brady throw at OTAs, maybe mini camp. I guess we'll see kind of how things are going. Um, at that point, Gabbard show. That's right. <laughs> or if there even are OTAs and mini camps, I should say, which Arians didn't sound super optimistic about it, but I don't think he knows anything. I think he's just venting. But um, but so we'll see how that uh, that all progresses with the NFL. Um, you know, not a big deal. Obviously, you know, it's more important, like Arians said, for the younger guys. Um, but it seems like Brady's gonna be fine for training camp, preseason, regular season, all that. So that's uh, good news for sure. Um, it, it was interesting, you know, you asked a great question, I thought, to Jason Light about Donovan Smith and Alex or and uh, Ryan Jensen because they are going into the last years of their deals. And a lot of times I don't think media focus on that with players that have that dead cap and that ability to create space if you were to let them go. Neither of us, as we said on this podcast, expected right. Ryan Jensen or Donovan Smith to go anywhere. But the way in which he answers, it would tell us a lot about whether – he was like crazy about them, whether there was just no way or whether it was like, oh, we're exploring all our options. You know, OK, well, that is a different answer, you know, and, and while they might be here this year, it's, it probably takes extensions off the tail. So anyway, the fact that he answered it as adamantly as he did and he was pretty clear that we and he said we envisioned them and then they tried to go to the next question. He's like, not only envision them, we expect them to be yeah. Buccaneers. You know, this, yeah. so he was trying to make it as clear as he could without putting himself into a corner, you know, about about it. But yeah. they're going to be back with the team. Um, Donovan Smith, Scott, I don't know. I know we had mentioned before abstentions for him. I just think because of his age, I think he's 27 now, will be 28 yeah. at some point in the summer maybe. Um, I don't, I think he could, knows he can still hit the market after a good season. You know, blocking for yeah. Brady, like, <laughs> it helps. Um, and so I think he thinks he can still hit the market and he could potentially cash in another time. And because of that, I think you're going to have a hard time with an extension for him um you know unless yeah. you're offering him a lot of years a lot of money because i think he sees right. the opportunity to cash in one more time as he should um and yeah. so i think that that's where the the discussion will get it may be donovan smith or carlton davis you may have to make that type of decision in the offseason i don't know we're not there yet uh, i don't know what the cap will look like in 2022 so there's just a lot up in the air i would be surprised if an extension for donovan smith happened i would be I think an extension for Ryan Jensen is probably more likely. I mean, it'd be 31. Again, he's not going to play for forever. By the time he's right. a free agent, you know, what's what are teams going to think? Maybe he cashes in. Maybe his extension, but for two years, it is a good rate. Maybe the Bucks get him a great rate. Um, they could. I mean, the tons of cap space in 2022, 2023. So that one seems more likely to me. A restructure for Ali Marpet. Brad Spielberger was on here the other week uh, talking about uh, potential restructure for Marpet and how much that can clear up cap space. Uh, Spot Rack put out a good had a good tweet earlier about how uh, an extension for Brady can clear up uh, 10 million or more in cap space this year. So those are some of the restructures you're looking at that are possible. Also, little restructures: Will Golston, Cam Brate, guys that don't have any dead cap money. You can cut their pay, or you could extend Will a year if you wanted to, and, and spread out the pay uh, if you want him to play two more years and then stay a yeah. buck for life, basically. Um, 
things like that you can do. There's other players in the roster too. I'm sure I'm not thinking of, but a lot of flexibility. Bucks have done basically no kicking the can down the road. Um, so they have, they can do a lot. Um, and they even said that they said that in the pressers today. Yeah. And it just, just like you said with, with Brad, when he was on from PFF talking about the cap, the bucks are not just in really good cap shape this year. They're in the best cap shape in 2022. You know, right. and they're going to have some free agents. We talked about that. Ronald Jones, Alex uh, Kappa, uh, Carlton Davis, especially uh, Donovan Smith, Ryan Jensen, possibly. Mm-hmm. But at this, and, and really Tom Brady, too, unless they extend it. But I think they're going to tack on an extra year to Brady's yeah. uh, term this year. But yeah. but yeah, Mike Greenberg, the Bucks uh, capologist, I call him the cap wizard. He is absolutely genius. And he's really been a trendsetter. Yeah. This is a process that started under Mark Dominic because – Mike Greenberg was a holdover from the Mark Dominic regime and Jason Light gave him a, a year to prove himself and was really blown away by how well he's managed the cap. And, and I'm an old timer. I, I've, I covered this team when, when Rich McKay did a bunch of stupid re-signings, um, re-signing Martin Gramatica, like a five or six mm-hmm. year deal. I mean, you, you don't pay your kicker that, that long. No. Um, he overpaid Simeon Rice so much. I mean, you've you've covered the NFL now, John. You're mm-hmm. 30 years old. You've you've done yeah. this for a decade, probably, or close to it. Um, yeah, close. And, and you you know how it is in this league. It's a leapfrog league. It's yeah. one guy gets paid, and then the next year it's somebody else who's the highest paid, and the next year it's somebody else at every position. Simeon Rice was so overpaid after the Super Bowl that he was the highest paid defensive player in the league. I want to say. For two years, if not three. Mm. Okay, my memory is a little fuzzy. That makes no sense. He right? was good, but what right. did he sign him after he was good? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, this this was the contract extension. Right. 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 After the Super Bowl, they paid. They they right. way overpaid him with with the market bared so much so that even the other defensive players in the next year and the year after that didn't make as much as Simeon Rice. That's crazy. Yeah, that right? is not John Johnson. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is it, it completely sunk the Bucks ship mm-hmm. after the Super Bowl. And, yeah, uh, and I, I understand wanting to keep it the, the band together to try to repeat. They tried that in, in 2003, mm-hmm. but they, they went about it completely the wrong way. Mike Greenberg and Jason Light, the way they do it is they'll sign you to a multi-year deal and they'll guarantee one or two of those, those deals and they won't dish out any signing bonuses. They use roster mm-hmm. bonuses instead. Right. And when it's time to move on, and, and that's the case now with Donovan Smith and Ryan Jensen, they're in the final years of their deal. They can move on mm-hmm. without any dead cap money. Um, right. But they're not They're not choosing to. But, but the, the team gives themselves that option right. with these, these big-term deals, and, and that's that's the way to do it. Right. It's absolutely all about what positions and roles in your team are critical and hard to replace. To me, that's Chris Godwin. That's Levante David because of the role, not just the position. Linebacker, I think it's probably replaceable. And if you were paying Levante David like a five-year contract, I might say, okay, I'll hesitate a little bit on that. Because I think it's only going to be like a two – I don't think it's going to hurt the Bucks long term. I'm much more likely to say I think you try to get a deal done with Levante. But Shaq Barrett, position of importance, player of importance, again, I think it's hard to replace that. I know there's some names out there in free agency, but I don't know that you're paying anybody. You're just paying them comparably to Shaq, in my opinion. And so I think that's why I say sign these guys for 2021. Guys like Gronk and even AB and and Sue, they're short deals. They don't hurt you long term, but they make you really a lot better in your window for a Super Bowl. 
then next year when guys like Kappa and Whitehead and OJ Howard and uh, Ronald Jones, they're looking for four or five year contracts. That's what they're yeah. looking for. Those are the guys you want to, I, you know, as much as I like those guys, I think those are the guys you have to say, okay, we're going to replace cheaper or we're going to replace right. in the draft. We're going to draft guys this year to be a step into positions to replace you guys. Jensen may be eventually in that role too yeah. uh, if you can't extend him. And, and Donovan Smith, again, may, may be in that. I think Carlton would be a guy you keep because of the importance of the position. Right. But, right, I think that that's kind of how you have to look at it. It's about roles and positions of importance. Mm-hmm. I love Alex Kappa. I just don't know if he's going to be a second contract buck. I agree. And, and John, uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I, I've seen in the chat – I've seen Richard Sherman. I've seen Marcus Williams. I've seen Paul Fuller. I've Vaughn Miller. Vaughn Miller. Uh, Jadavion Clowney. No, no, no. no. Lucky if you no, get James no, White. No. Right. Yeah. yeah, maybe a James White. Okay, but but maybe. listen, you guys are thinking, you're hearing all these big names. This isn't Madden, right? These guys are not in their prime anymore. And if they are, they're going to price themselves out of what the Bucks are willing to pay. Bruce and Jason gave you guys the answers to the test today. And if you if you didn't listen, I'm not going to fault you for it. But we've been talking about it for a long time. Right. And actually, at the Super Bowl parade, John, they gave us the answers to the test. It is we're trying to keep this team together. This is a Super Bowl team mm-hmm. with great chemistry, on field and off field, and that's hard to come by. Jason Lights learned his lesson with the likes of Chris Baker and Deshaun Jackson, you know, and some of those types of, of players. And 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 this this is a team that likes each other. They get along very well. Again, on-field and off-field chemistry, very important. That's, that's, mm-hmm. That was a, a huge element in this COVID year yeah. where we saw very few Buccaneers miss games due to COVID. And, and they want to keep the band together. So you guys are throwing out names. And John Bruce even said it. He said, we're, we're really not looking outside. We want to keep everybody we can and then have Jason hit this draft again. Yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. And now here's the thing, Scott. I agree with their philosophy. I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm pumped. It's their philosophy. I think it's the right philosophy. When the dust settles on free agency, there will be a couple good values to be had. The Bucks found them. They found one in Ross Cockrell. That was a difference making type of signing. AQ Shipley, again, he helped them win or helped them. What did yes. he win? I can't remember. Panthers game. Did he play? I Anyway, yeah. he, he yeah. made the yeah, the Panthers game in the in the in the Rams game. I think he played in both those, got hurt in the Rams game. He helped shore up a problem. I wouldn't say he right. fixed everything or anything, but again, those are the type of guy, the value signings, you know, that you come in and make. I think that's where you have to you have to improve the number three edge rusher spot. Uh, and you're right. like, oh, the number three spot. You know, that's not if you bring back Shaq Barrett, obviously. And it's not about it's I hope you draft one for sure. You know, it's not about the future you know, but I hope you draft one before the future of the position. But I just think you have to get a competent pass rusher and another, you have to add one more pass rusher to this team. Um, I, I don't know. I said this going into the season too. They didn't really do it. Um, they ended up taking a jump when the games that he was in, I still think they would have benefited from right. a third pass rusher at times, especially with Vea out. They didn't really have that interior pass rusher. I know their pressure numbers look good and all that. Um, I think there were clearly games we watched on tape, especially against good opponents sure. in the middle of the season where they really could have benefited from any type of interior and John, pass rush presence. We saw Jason Pierre-Paul li- really play on one leg down the stretch. I mean, mm-hmm. he needed that bye week more than any Buccaneer at week yeah. 13. He just did. Right. He ran out of gas. And I think I think that week off helped him. I mean, he's 31 years old. He's coming off his second knee injury, uh, or I should say second knee scope. He had a scope. Yeah. Uh, this time last year. So now if it's the same knee, and I'm guessing it is, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's living on borrowed time. And so when, when you're talking about that third 
uh, edge rusher, whether it's a draft pick or whether it's somebody else that they signed to supplement. Uh, and remember, Jason Light went out and found a Shaq Barrett who signed a one-year, prove-it, $4 million deal. There might be another guy out there. Um, neither you nor I nor even Jason thought that Shaq Barrett would turn into the player in this scheme that he did, right? Otherwise, he would have paid him more than $4 million. If right. he thought that highly of him, but maybe there's another guy like that. Jason's done really well in getting a, a Jacques Smith um, or Jackie Smith, whatever mm. you say his name. Oh, uh, I remember that dude. He was ago. good <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he, he, he got hurt. But Carl Nassib was another mm. find, right? So mm-hmm. he's done a good job of finding some of these guys. So maybe there's somebody out there like that where you you sign Shaq Barrett, yep, uh, you bring him back, but then you also get another player, or maybe you draft the player. But whoever that person is that might be the eventual replacement for JPP yeah. in, in a year or two or, or Shaq Barrett. If, if uh, you know, he doesn't sign a long-term deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah. Scott, Scott Federico uh, says, what about uh, signing Trey Hendrickson to a multi-year deal to replace JPP? It seems like JPP is dropping off a little. And Jason Pierre Paul, we talked about free agents, John next year and Jason Pierre Paul will be one of those guys. And I'm not sure that you re-sign him after that, maybe a one-year deal, that's one thing Mark Dominic really did. And you, you talked about this, John, adding a year onto these guys. Mm-hmm. Rodney Barber, the last three or four years in Tampa under Greg Schiano, mm-hmm. and the last, I think, year or two under Raheem Morris, signed a series of one year deals. Yeah. You know, Dominic said, Brande, how are you feeling? Want to come back? Yeah, I'll come back for sure. another year. Okay, boom, it was done. That's basically what they're doing with Sue right now. That's right. Like. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So, well, um, here's the thing with Hendrickson, though, Scott. Never really been an every down player, uh, right. did have good sack production this year. I think if you watched him, you would see it's not really truly indicative of this great individual skill. If you ask me, will Trey Anderson be a double-digit sack guy every year for the rest of his career for the next five, six years? I would say I highly doubt that that's going to be the case. He's a player I would love to have as a number three edge rusher. He's a player that's going to get paid like a number one edge rusher. It's just a reality, and I'm not touching him for that money. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. And the interesting thing is I want to see, because he was a bit of a one-year wonder, right, with those 13 sacks as – at, yeah. at DPI, a designated or a DPR, designated pass rusher. Right. Um, remember, Marcus Davenport was injured a little bit, and so mm-hmm. Hendrickson was was starting All by the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but but really, Davenport and it was the first round pick and Cameron Jordan are the starting defensive ends there. So right. in New Orleans, they got to let him go. I mean, there's no way they can they can. Yeah, uh, they can. And it's a good time to remember that the Saints traded their future first round pick and moved up in the draft for Marcus Davenport. Who yeah, is going into contract year, or they're gonna have to pick up his option, or I don't know, three years in, and he hasn't done anything. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, th- this isn't a good year to find a quarterback. Everyone is looking. Um, well, and, and the thing is, is there's actually a pretty decent crop of quarterbacks in this draft, John. Of what it looks right. like, they're not gonna get to the Bucks though. <laughs> That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, and, yeah and it I, would I, be I, a great I, year to trade up. I mean, I trade my whole draft. I told you this, and t- I trade my whole draft right. to get up, but you just can't get up from thirty-two. It's just. Yeah. You'd have to trade so much, and nobody. Then teams aren't going to want to move because they want a quarterback. Yeah. I just, it's probably not plausible. And not just that, but then, then your first round pick is guaranteed to be on the bench for two years, right? Yeah. And that's not right. good value. That's exactly that, right. That, timing just, matters. Yeah, timing yeah. matters. Yeah. I mean, certainly you could hit an Aaron Rodgers like situation, and and you strike gold. But again, it's again, it's like okay, you no, know, but and man, I mean, it could work. I mean, it could work for two years, and then you could step in. It could be that would be like ideal timing. But again, it's just. At 32, if the Bucks were picking at 20, you know, I would be all I would be writing about the right. scenarios, trade up, trade the rest of your draft. You know, if their if their roster looked like it was now, you know, but at 32, you just can't get up that high. Like, 
again, people are saying Mac Jones will be off the board by eight. I don't even want Mac right. Jones, but I'm like, if Mac Jones is off the board, like, yeah, I just think, you know, again, if you're the top three guys are going to be gone early, I think I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe something changes. We got a long way to go. We know the draft can be crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm certainly all about trading up for one of these guys if that's possible. I just don't think it is. And I definitely don't want to just take, oh, who's the sixth best guy? Let's we need a quarterback like that's yeah. Bucks aren't going to draft that way. And nor would neither would I draft that way. Um, yep. But it will be interesting on day three, Scott. I'm going to talk about one of my day three favorites at some point. Okay. I'll write about it. I'll say his name, Kellen Mon from Texas A&M. I mean, I just think he has a lot of traits, just so inconsistent. But I've liked him over the years. I've tweeted about him. You can go back and search. I've tweeted about Kellen Mon over the years. Like some of his best plays are just ridiculous. Yeah. And I tweet out some of his plays during the senior bowl. I was like, man, the last day of the senior bowl. I mean, he's just like in a zone, but it's yeah. not consistent with him. Again, I don't really a big fan of wasting draft picks on day three on a quarterback or mid rounds on a quarterback. They just hardly ever end up working out. I know everybody talks about Brady, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Those are like your three. Most of the time, best case scenario, you're stuck with a Kirk Cousins forever. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and like maybe you consider that a win, but I don't. So, um, you know, I just think, and most of the time, you just waste the pick, you know? And so I, I don't think, I'm not saying take quarterback, but I'm saying if you take a quarterback, Kellen Mond, arm strength, athleticism, he's, He's got the peak plays already. He right. ran a tough offense. Um, he made plays down the field. You know, it's a lot, a lot of things that I think the Bucks would be interested in. I, I don't know how high he'll end up going because you know how quarterbacks go, but exactly. I think he would be a guy that I'd maybe look at a little bit if, if it gets to that point. What about Kyle I know Trask? maybe maybe we're I mean, not ready for quarterback talk yet. I don't what about know. Kyle Trask? Mark was was pining I, for Kyle Trask, which which is stunning by itself because this is he's a, a Florida guy, fan. That's right. Pining and and, yes. and and campaigning for a Gator quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he would be the antithesis in a lot of ways of things of traits Bruce Arians has been said to to mention because Cal Trask has probably the one yeah. of the worst physical skill sets in terms of arm strength, velocity. You know, he throws a nice touch, so that matters. And again, he's mostly a pocket guy, so you know they don't the athletic the lack of athleticism that he has would be something the Bucks wouldn't have a big problem with based on how their offense operates. Right. Um, so those things could make it a fit, but again. I, I really think that, uh, yeah, it's it's not physically where they're looking to go. Now, here's the catch. Kyle Trask is probably going to go a lot later. People were talking about as a first-round pick. I just yeah. don't think there's any chance. I don't think there is so either. he might go a lot later in the draft, and then at that point, you know, the box might be like, all right, you know, let's yeah. see what happens. So I'm um, not ruling it out. It would be a deviation physically, though, from what Arians yeah. typically values. In and, and Buccaneer fans, it's really important to understand this, okay? In years past, when we say things like, first round pick, mm. second round pick, right? Especially in the second round, all right? We're usually talking 40th, 45th player, 50th mm -hmm. player in the draft. This year, it's going to be 64. There's a huge yeah. difference. When we right. talk about first round pick, it is borderline second round, okay? Right. I mean, this pick is number 32. Back in 2015, when the Buccaneers had their their second round pick, it was number 33. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you you've got to like just understand that that there's there's a difference. Um, you know, when, when it comes to that. Uh, just like, you know, there's there's a big difference, John, when when you're talking about uh about manscaped and and when you're looking to get your your, your fellas uh you oh, know yeah. the nice i mean we're still in the thick of winter not down here john it's florida right it's it's sunny Never. Oh. But, but there was a polar vortex that just about hit most of america 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, you know, you're talking about, you know, one to three inches of snow. Well, sometimes down below, John, there could be one to three inches of forecast that, that need to get trimmed, you know, um, if you're not taking care of your fellas. So luckily the partners, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Mm-hmm. Now, Manscaped, they've got the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, John, do you have one handy? I don't have it handy. It's in I, my bathroom. <laughs> it's in my bathroom too. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Not, all right, good. <laughs> but but you you've seen us nice. uh, demonstrate it. Hit that little button. The cool thing is it's got a light, so you can see what's going on down there. And it's it's the best hygiene tool for the modern man. It's got a ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology, so your snags and your snowballs are going to be reduced. Mm-hmm. The trimmer is also waterproof. You can trim in the shower or the jacuzzi if you're a savage. Manscaped's performance package, it's the best buy in 2021. The performance package comes with the new improved lawnmower 3.0 in this gem right here, which is the weed whacker. Mm-hmm. Ear, hair, Whack the weeds. Hair. Yeah. Yes. This is good. This is phenomenal. Um, when you're age 40 and over, if you're not using this, what are you doing? You got hair, you know, that's coming and you got to take care of it. The performance boxer briefs, John, you and I, we've talked about mm-hmm. this ad nauseum. The best comfortable briefs around, and you get that travel bag that's called the shed. Have you ever noticed those the nasty uh, nose and, and ear hair? Well, mm-hmm. 79% of partners polled admitted that nose hair that's long, it's a major turnoff. Uh, Mrs. Reynolds will tell you that. She'll say, mm-hmm. uh, didn't they send you one of these weed whackers to use, Scott? You need to use it. Okay. So you might as well use the best tools for the job. The bundle comes with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. You might know that the Crop Preserver is the anti-chafing ball deodorant. will make your balls smell nice and make you feel like you're walking in a winter wonderland. The Crop Reviver is the spray-on toner for the balls. It's it's made with the most soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts, and it's going to make them look up at you and say, you know, thanks, bro. Don't get cold feet this winter. Save 20% off with free shipping, John. 20% off. All you have to do is use the promo code PEWTER when you order. And they've got a ton of other amazing uh, men's hygiene products. I've got the Refined right here, which is the, the beautiful smelling uh, cologne. Uh, comes in this great uh, gift box here. Here's the cologne. It's actually pretty sizable, so it's, yep. it's a pretty healthy dose. You yep. can find all these products at manscaped.com. And you can save 20% off and get free shipping when you order using the promo code Pewter. We still have some of these awesome PewterReport.com t-shirts left over. We, we, we get rid of a couple of these every show, which is cool. Uh, if you haven't gotten yours yet, here's the thing. Send me your proof of purchase receipt for Manscaped. It doesn't have any of your, of your financial information on it. It just has your address, which is what I need to ship the shirt to. So email me, srpewterreport.com, srpewterreport.com with your order. And uh, again, you're going to be saving 20% off. You're getting free shipping and you're getting a free Pewter Report t-shirt. It's a great deal. Go to manscaped.com. Can't beat that deal. Go to manscaped.com. Check that out. Last thing we'll talk about on the podcast, Scott, uh, is what one of the things that I thought was really interesting about what Jason Light said was he he provided the most clarity we've gotten. We know that Brady is caped for some people to come to Tampa Bay. Don't think that's unusual. Don't think that's a problem. Don't think it ever was a problem. I don't say there were some people that probably tried to make it a big deal when the Antonio Brown thing happened. Again, he's trying to win a Super Bowl and he's trying to get the best players he can in the door. You know, you can, right. um, you know, debate the role of the quarterback as much as you want. I think when you've accomplished things that Brady's accomplished, 
yeah, I would definitely be putting my suggestions out there for sure yeah. to try to make the organization better. But light was very clear. Like it's been overblown. Like Brady didn't, yeah, I thought it was funny. You know, Bruce Aaron said he didn't even know who Tristan works was. We knew that about the draft, but then Jason light kind of chimed in and was like, yeah, he didn't even know Leonard Fournette was in the building until Leonard yeah. was there. A lot of people have said Brady wanted Leonard. And that's why he was there. And Brady wanted Leonard. And that's why Leonard ended up playing over Ronald Jones later in the season. I really don't think that's true at all. Yeah. I, you know, definitely not Leonard coming there. He did. Like I said, they said he didn't even know Leonard was showing up and they, they right. said most of the time, we don't discuss things with Brady, yeah. but we have discussed things with him. We've asked him about certain players and asked him for his opinion and input in, before we did, did certain things. And he has given his opinion and input on certain players. Yeah. Uh, but he said it's never been pushy. There's never been animosity. It's always been very brief. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he just kind of clarified. And we didn't even ask him necessarily how much Brady pushed. I think he just went out of his way to say, like, by the way, like we just got to set the record straight on this. you know. And so I thought that was uh, – I thought that was good. Stairway to Evan says, just want to let you know, John, and he spelled my name wrong. I almost quit <laughs> watching this podcast when you picked the Bucks to lose in the playoffs. That was the Packers game, right? Yeah. Well, Stairway to Evans, I did get the Packers game wrong, and I was very happy that I got it wrong. But I also felt pretty good about being 18-2 on the season. So not a flex, just letting everybody know. You're flexing, John. Look at you. <laughs> First year covering the like, It's not like so this. five years, you get a better record than me out of the gate. I love it. <laughs> Great. It's not like this missing thing was was a habit. Let's just be honest. I know 18 yeah. games right, Scott, but the only one anybody ever remembers is that I picked the Packers. <laughs> that's the only one that people will ever remember for that. Hey, at least you know I keep it authentic, man. Like that's yeah. And you picked the Bucks to win the Super Bowl too. That's John. right. And I picked them to beat the Saints when no, you know, when people still weren't believing after that. And you know what? That, that was not a company game. directive. That was not a company directive. Was, no one, no one on their peer report staff was obligated to pick the Bucks beating the Chiefs. I think everyone right. did, though, didn't we? We all did. We all did, yes. We yeah. all did at that point. At that point, I and I told you this, I honestly, like, I wasn't sure. You're going to the Packers game, going to the Saints game. I had that, like, that ball, that, you know, that nervous energy, like, man, what's going to happen? And, like, you know, the Chiefs game, I, you know, we've talked about this maybe on the pod even, but I just yeah. didn't feel, I just, there was no doubt. Like, I felt, I was on other shows all week. I was trying not to, like, oversell it, but I was just like, Chiefs guys. I was on a show with the Chiefs guy, yeah. and he was like, I just don't think there's any way the Chiefs win. I was like, yeah. All right, bet. Like it was just kind of like, okay, bud. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's no doubt in my well, mind. The, the funny, I, I had I had my college roommate Chris Trapito. He he texted me. He's a huge Chiefs fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lives in in Kansas City, Overland Park, where I, I grew up. And uh, and he says, you, you guys ready for for the ass whipping today? And I said, I don't think it's going to turn out the way you think it's it is, Chris. I I really right. don't. And I, I didn't yeah. I didn't really talk any trash. But I was really confident. We, we saw each other in the press box before the game. I'm like, they're going to win the freaking Super Bowl today. Right. I, mean, I didn't think it was going to happen the way it did, holding them out of the end zone. Mm-hmm. But right. we were pretty confident. Right. And Capo says, uh, this man is a Bucs fan and picks against him. I'm, I wasn't a Bucs fan. Actually, I'm a Steelers fan. I grew up in Pittsburgh. Uh, but now covering the team, yeah, you're crazy if you're not actually wanting them to win, for sure, part yeah. of you. But also part of the job as a professional is being able to put that aside, assess right. a situation, a game, you know, from a neutral standpoint and really give your honest opinion on it. And yeah. I take that part of the I, I take that part of the job very seriously, as you know, because I right. text you like every day leading up to oh, yeah. the Packers game, Saints game. <laughs> like, I was like, "Here's my here's me weighing the side," you know. It's so. it's kind of funny, and I don't want to speak for John or, or or Mark. I mean, Mark grew up. I mean, he's probably the biggest fan of of us all because he, he yeah he he tells the tales of, of Taylor, wearing yeah. the, the Buccaneer footy pajamas as a kid and and going to the Bucks games with his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm a Buccaneer fan, right? I, I'm a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. You know why? Because I don't have to cover it. It's not my job. Mm-hmm. I, I get to drink a beer and watch Correct. Lightning. 
And I'm a Correct. fan of I'm a fan yeah. of the Kansas State Wildcats. Um, you know, because that's my alma mater, and I'm not working on Saturdays when the Wildcats are on. Yep. It's um, different. It, it is. But here's the thing. I want the Buccaneers to do really, really well. Why? Because of you guys, because mm -hmm. of our audience, because we service you with Buccaneer right. news and insight and, and analysis and inside information for your enjoyment and your, your entertainment and for your education. So, yeah, I want the Buccaneers to win for you guys. And I want the Buccaneers to win for someone like Jason Light, who's been doing this since 2014 and finally found a kicker mm -hmm. worth the damn. And, and for the Glaziers who, who want to win. Mike and, Evans, Levante David. Yeah, and and, and these guys that we cover and we have relationships with. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, we want this team to win, um, but 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 at the same time, I have to remain neutral. I got to call it like I see it, mm -hmm. and and sometimes I got to piss off some players. I got to piss off Jason Light. I got to piss off some coaches sometimes. Right, and and that's just how it is. And if I was a fan, I probably wouldn't cross that line and be as objective as I am. Right, and so that's how I classify this. Is mm -hmm. is uh, I, I prefer the Bucks winning all 16 games, um, mm -hmm. and I'm happy when they do. But it's not like my world ends when they don't because i got to sit there and write a story about it. Right. Yep, for sure. Robert says it's good for our pockets too. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you know any businesses that are looking to advertise or you think would fit our demographic, definitely put them in touch with us. Uh, and let us know. We would be uh, very interested to hear uh, from any businesses that could be looking to advertise. So uh, we, we, as you've seen with Celsius, we can get your name out there. All right. So yeah. um, definitely let us know. Hit us up if that's the case. Scott, tomorrow on the podcast, Jordan Reed will be joining me. Jordan Reed of the, yeah. of the Draft Network going to offer awesome insight on the draft. Uh, it's going to be. We've already talked about it. He's pumped for the show. Uh, he's one of the better analysts out there, and I think he'll have a lot to say about the defensive line, interior defensive line, and the edge rusher groups um, that the Bucs are looking at in this year's draft. And we'll touch on the running backs as well. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a fun time on the podcast. Dragon Lope, appreciate that. <laughs> You're yep. both legends. John and Scott, can we laugh about how bad Jason Light seemed when Lovey was in the building? Pretty crazy. He's actually so great, man. It's funny how you leave these windows open for people to grow, and sometimes yeah. they can surprise you a little bit. And, and I'll tell you what, I think one of, the, one of the best things about Jason Light was in 2014, he did Lovey Smith's bidding. Why? Because Lovey Smith hired him. It's mm -hmm. rare that the head coach hires the GM, but that's what happened. Yeah. But after one year, Lovey Smith going 2 and 14, Jason Light said, I'm the general manager of this team, and I know you hired me, but mm -hmm. he fired the guy that hired him. One year later, Crazy. after the 2015 season. So yeah. he, he did what he needed to do. Jason Light grew up fast, made some mistakes. But, man, really since that 2016 draft mm -hmm. where, you know, you look back, Vernon Hargraves, Noah Spence, uh, Roberto Aguayo, it was it was a bust year all the way around except for Ryan mm -hmm. Smith, who's special teams ace. But 2017 right. on, this guy learned from his mistakes and really built a Super Bowl caliber roster. And, and you know what, John? Wasn't so bad in 2014. That first overall pick as as a general manager for Jason Light, Mike Evans. Yeah, seven Nailed overall. You heard him after the Super Bowl. He grabbed Evans. My first pick. My yeah. first pick. It was a pretty cool moment. So, yeah, uh, we're lying. We're not. We're lying if we tell you we don't care about what happens with the team. But also, there's yeah. that desire to remain objective and, and neutral as well enough to be able to see things uh, the way we've got to see them in the profession. And so. Uh, there's a lot of layers to it for sure. A lot of layers to tomorrow's show. Like I said, we'll be breaking down a lot of these prospects. Talking with Jordan, we're going to give a get a great start to get a great idea of what's in front of the Bucks at 32, the options there, and then the options 
through day two and day three of the draft and some of these John, key positions. We're going to put some names out have, there. When you have Jordan on, make sure you kind of hit on the Falcons, the Panthers, mm-hmm. the Saints, those, yep. those NFC South rivals and foes of the Buccaneers because I think this is the year the Buccaneers dethrone the Saints and win the NFC South. Right. Absolutely. For sure. So it's going to be exciting stuff. Good show coming to wrap up the week for sure. So until then, thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.